What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, May 20th, 2015. You guys are listening to episode 209. Uh, I up front want to apologize for the missed week last week. Uh, Really nothing I could do about it. I was traveling, did not have the microphone or proper equipment to do the uh, podcast the right way. And, uh, you know, did not want to half-ass it. Thought I could maybe get one out there a little later. But then by the time it was all figured out, it was almost time for this week. So I said, you know what? Why not give these people a great 209th episode Um, which I intend to do, a lot of cool stuff to talk about, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, I hope everybody had a good uh, break in between, do not worry, TVE is back, alive and well, and uh, I got a whole bunch of shit to talk to you guys about, which is really, really cool, Um, so uh, let's get right into it. Uh, the Verzi Effect podcast, as always, is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Run by funny up-and-coming comedian Dave Gavry out in Chicago. GonzoFame.com is the best place for the most in-depth, detailed, best interviews with your favorite comedians of today. Up-and-coming comedians, established comedians. Uh, Dave gives the best interviews and uh, really, you know, you get to find out about uh, that comedian's journey to where they're at and where they're going and all that stuff. So please check out GonzoFame.com. He's got amazing comedians on there. Um, comedians like Doug Stanhope, and he's got um, a b- bunch of my friends too have done it. I've done it, and I uh, had a great interview there. Joe Matarese, and um, you know, just just really like good comedian Sean Patton, who's hilarious, is on there. He's got Ralphie May, Hannibal Burris. I mean, you name you name a comic, and you know he's got them, or either going to get them. Matter of fact, upcoming interviews he has he has uh, Horatio Sands who was a cast member for years on Saturday Night Live. Also, Mark Marin uh, from the, um, uh, the What the Fuck podcast. So just just a ton of stuff. He also recently interviewed uh, the Gabriel Iglesias and Friends. Uh, I don't know if he got Gabriel yet, but uh, he talked to a bunch of his openers, and, and, and I heard some great stuff was said there. So just check out gonzofame.com, and, um, and you guys, I'm on there, okay? So I'm endorsing this fucking thing. Check it out, gonzofame.com. Also, the Verzi Effect podcast is available on All Things Comedy. Go to allthingscomedy.com, and you could also um, get them on Twitter at at allthingscomedy is the Twitter feed, and uh, they have an amazing podcast. It's the uh, the network to be on, and uh, we're very happy that the Verzi Effect podcast is on All Things Comedy, so check that out as well. Um, also, I have a cool announcement. I'm not going to announce it now, but there's another sponsor that uh, I'm really excited about that I will announce next week on next week's show. So uh, you could check that out. But uh, they're jumping aboard, people, and uh, the Verzi Effect is doing well. I got in front of so many fans um, recently because uh, I've just been running around. It's been a, uh, it's just been an insane, insane, uh, I guess, month. My last 20 days are kind of like a blur um, and I got about 10 more to go before I could actually put my feet up for a couple of days. Uh, it's been very, uh, it's been fun. I'm never going to complain about it. These are all the things I dreamed about doing and, um, you know, now I'm doing them, but it's fucking crazy. Like, uh, we did the, uh, Gotham show, all things comedy. Thanks to everybody that came out to that. 
we did that, and then um, right after that, I uh, drove out to Boston, and uh, Bill Burr, congratulations to my friend Bill Burr, who did a 19-show consecutive 19-sold-out run at the Wilbur Theater, uh, which is like 23,000 tickets he sold, which is so incredible, and uh, I had the pleasure of doing 16 of those shows with him, and it was just absolutely insanity. Um, you know, I, I wanted to say this too at the top, like, you can argue, you can argue Boston as the best city in America. You could argue it. Now, I'm a New Yorker. I love New York. There's more to do in New York, and New York stays open later. And it's a tough one to beat. I'm not going to lie. It is a tough one to beat. But you can make the argument about Boston because it's just this clean... It's like a cleaner, smaller New York. The food is amazing and underrated. The people there are so fucking hilarious and nice and cool. It's a great sports town, um, you know, all jokes aside, I know the whole fucking rivalry stuff, but, and maybe I'm a little uh, biased towards Boston because Boston saved my mother's life when she was in stage four cancer. The Dana-Farber Institute came out with this, um, you know, test drug when my mom was in stage four and, and really not doing well. Uh, and now, you know, they saved her life over the last 15 years. She's been on these pills for that long, and uh, there was a big test study with like 100 people, my mom happened to be one that it worked on, um, my brother also went to Boston University, so I used to visit him out there, but listen, you know, I hate the Red Sox, and I'll get into that whole thing too, but uh, they were even nice to me, I'll get into that whole thing, but um, just an amazing, like just walking around in Boston during the day, and going to Faneuil Hall, and to Quincy Market, and getting the food, and eating the seafood, and all this stuff, man, I gotta tell you, I was just like, I felt at peace, it was one of these places where you don't feel like you're away, uh, I just loved it, I have nothing, nothing but good things to say about Boston, and I think you could argue it's one of the best cities in America, I, I really, really believe that, um, but uh, I'll, I'll get back to that in a second, because we had some cool things that happened there when we were there, but um, we, you know, so I drove back, I couldn't do Saturday because I was performing and co-headlining myself at Gotham Comedy Club. So then I drive out on Sunday. And, you know, we do two shows Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Two shows a night, sold out, 1,100 people each. Amazing. Just amazing. Um, the crowd, I got to tell you guys something, the crowd went nuts. And it was a lot of fun. But, uh... Then on the next Saturday, I drove back, and me and Joe Bartnick were in Pompton Plains, New Jersey, at the comedy shop. Shout out to James D. Benedetto, who runs a great room at the Best Western. Uh, it's almost like it reminds me of the Bananas Comedy Clubs, but um, we did that, and uh, James is great. We're going to actually go back there in the fall and do something in one of his bigger rooms. So we drove back for that. Then Bartnick goes back with me the next day to Boston, and he jumps on a show. And we have a great time, and everybody just destroys. It's so fun. Then, you know, we're having some drinks, and uh, it was, you know, I'm not going to lie, there was a lot of cigar smoking going on. Uh, there was a lot of cigar smoking, and uh, there was definitely some boozing going on out there. But one thing I think you guys will appreciate, and uh, I would only say this, like I would never post this on YouTube or do anything like that, but one thing, I have the tendency to when when I get booed being from New York, I talk shit. And I'm on stage in front of 1,100 people, right? And I go out there. I did this every show. 
Uh, so I go out there and I do this bit. I'm doing this act out bit about NFL officials, how they always fuck up, you know, even with the, you know, they always fuck up. So I, and I, and it's an act out and, uh, it's new and I didn't even know. I kind of just went with it one time. I worked it out in New York city at the stand and all these comics were like this one, especially Vladimir Kamal, like, you got to do that. You got to do that. That was such a funny act that you got to do it. So I did it a little bit when we were down south and it really started to take, you know, so still bit is going really well. So I do that bit. But before I go into that bit, you know, right after I say, you know, the, the officials fuck things up, I say, you know, to the crowd in, in Boston, I say, well, you know, apparently not to you guys because you guys won the Super Bowl. Congratulations. And the place goes nuts. 1,100 11, 1, people start losing their minds and everything like that. And then I said, yeah, and I said, you know, and I got no hatred for the, uh, <laughs> I got no hatred for the Patriots, uh, you know, and I'm a Giants fan. And then the whole place just starts, just breaks out into this, like, boo, you know, like, they, they, they like that I say, you know, that I have no hate for the Patriots, and then when I'm like, but I'm a Giants fan, and they start booing, like, hard, right? And in my mind, I'm like, they don't even know what's coming, so I'm sitting there, and I go, yeah. I go, well, you know, I didn't expect a positive reaction from that. I go, we got to understand, as a Giants fan, I look at Patriots different, you know. I said, as a Giants fan, now there's 1,100 people there looking at me. They all fucking love the Patriots. I go, you know, as a Giants fan, I look at the Patriots like, the Patriots are a hot chick that doesn't let anybody fuck her. But for some reason, she just lets the Giants come all over her face. And the fucking place exploded. Like... I swear to God, it was the coolest thing because they couldn't believe I said it, yet they knew it was funny and good, and it was this unbelievable moment on stage where I was like, fuck it, I'm just saying it. Like, the first night, it kind of just came to me. It just, like, came to me, and I was like, just say it. Like, it was one of those instant things, and I've been on stage a lot, so I've been, you know, just like, you know, you get a thought on stage, just fucking say it. So I say that, and the place is going nuts. They don't know what to do, and it was almost this weird reaction where they went nuts, and there was an eruption. But then they're like, "Well, wait a minute. How could we? How how could we like this? You know, we gotta hate this, but it was kind of good." So I understood that was going on in the room, and then I just said to them, "I go, you know, what's funny. I go, you guys hated that, but you knew the shit was good." And they fucking loved it again, and then they clapped. And, you know, that that's Boston crowds, and that really is Boston. Like, that's why they're such a tough baseball town. You know, I don't know if people know this, but Boston media for their baseball team is, is almost even more than New York and big markets, bigger markets, because they're just so nuts. But they do appreciate shit, and it was so cool to be out in bars and be out in Boston and people coming up to me and talking to me and going, dude, that was such ballsy move, but not only that, like, I hated it, but at the same time, it was so good, and, um, you know, it was just a lot of fun, and it was just a lot of just just amazing crowds, really appreciative, smart crowds, um, Bill Burr brings the best crowds out, and uh, I had the honor and pleasure of doing 16 of his 19 show run, unfortunately, I could not do all 19, because I had other engagements and stuff for my for my own headlining and stuff, but it was just um, truly special. the The employees at the Wilbur are second to none. The security guy Johnny there was the best. Uh, Taylor, um, you know, uh, 
Bill Blumenreich's daughter, Taylor, and, and Bill was great to me, and it was so cool, man. You know, big agents came out to shows. Uh, it was another thing that was awesome was um, the last night we were there, uh, Kevin Hart was in the crowd. He came, wanted to watch the show. He watched my whole set, and then um, afterwards, he actually came up to me, shook my hand, and said, you know, that he thought I was funny and that he caught some of my set and everything. Just really, really cool and an amazing time and uh, really cool to be with Bill for that, you know, to, to be with, you know, my, one of my best friends and my mentor uh, in the business to, to, you know, go on that historic run. And they donated a seat to him at the Wilbur. And it was just um, really, really cool. Now, one thing that I have to talk about, all right, and I said this on Facebook and, uh, you know, I beat myself up for it, but I just got to be honest. So Bill says to me, he goes, hey, look, man, if you want, the uh, the Red Sox will invite us in. Uh, the Red Sox were on the road. They were in Seattle playing the Mariners. But he's like, you know, if you want, the Red Sox will, uh, you know, give us a tour of Fenway. And I've never been to Fenway, and I'm a sports guy, and I'm a baseball guy, or I was a baseball guy, but I'm a sports guy, I'm a Yankee guy, and anything cool like that I like to do. So uh, we go in there, and these people are so nice sweethearts the uh beth was her name and she just was like oh thank you guys for coming and we're looking forward to coming to the show and then um uh, larry another guy that works there that's the head of all the concerts and all the things there at, at fenway and they took us to lunch in the stadium and they're walking around and they're showing us all these beautiful things and we got on the field and i'm on the warning track i go in the green monster on the green monster and it's amazing the one thing that fucked me up that day and i said it um was we were walking back and she goes oh yeah and i'll show you guys the trophy cases so i'm like you know all right like what, what am i gonna do like yeah i'll look at the trophy case. so all of a sudden she goes to the trophy case and it was me bill and larry the guy who runs it and she goes um she goes she goes oh this is great there's three trophies and three of you guys so not even really thinking, she just puts these out and she hands Bill one and then she hands Larry one and Larry goes, oh, this is the 2013 one. Oh, that's my favorite team. And I see that Bill has the 2004, which I was glad because what happened to the Yankees, I can't touch that. So I get the 2007 one and like I get it in my hands and I'm just feeling the weight of the thing. And now I'm fucking realizing, oh my God, I'm holding a fucking, I'm holding a trophy that... Like, what am I doing? I'm holding a fucking... Oh, my God. Have I just fucking converted? Have I crossed over to the... What the fuck am I doing? And before I know it, she takes a picture. And I'm, like, in the middle holding this thing. And I have, like, this half a fake smile. And then right when it's done, I go, wait a minute, dude. And I hand Bill the trophy. And I go, dude, you got to do this. Like, you got to hold both. Like, I can't do it. And then, like, Bill and Larry took a picture with all three. And I told Bill, delete that picture. I don't know. You know what it was? These people were such sweethearts and so nice to us. And she's like, oh, yeah, and I'll let you guys see the trophy. And she was doing it as if, oh, my God, it w isn't this so cool like a museum? And there were things. But now I'm like, I'm a fucking Yankee fan. Hold on a second. I'm a Yankee fan. So, um, yeah, it was just, I went on Facebook that night 
and I said, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. I was thinking of my grandfathers, and I was like this. But you know what? Fuck that, man. I was in a situation where I didn't want to be a dick when people were being so gracious. I didn't hold the 2004 one. I held the 2007 one where the Yankees did not even make the playoffs, and nobody even cared about that World Series. So, uh, you know, that's what I'll tell myself. But uh, I did hand it back. I did not feel good about it. So for all you people judging me, but I am coming clean on the podcast. Um, but no, in all seriousness, and that did bother me. They were laughing like I was in a green room, and they were like, are you really bothered by that? I was like, yeah, what the fuck was I? I don't know what to do. Like, you know, and Bill told them. Bill told the people at the Red Sox that I was going through that, and they thought it was hilarious. But, um, yeah, so anyway, that was the Fenway thing, but it was so, so cool, and I really um, enjoyed I really enjoyed uh, all of it, you know, it was to, to be in the green monster and to look out of those little holes and it's the only ballpark that actually uses the, the, the manual numbers and stuff in the back and I got to see all that stuff, you know, and it was a blast. It was an absolute blast, a beautiful day too, it's a beautiful ballpark, no foul territory really, which I liked. And um, the people could not have been more gracious and, and better hosts, and uh, I it was it was great. I would recommend to anybody, you know, uh, if you can get a tour of that ballpark, definitely do it because it is it is a really really nice place, uh, you know, to watch a game. Excuse me here. So that that's pretty much what happened in Boston, and uh, it was a great time. It was an absolute great time. Uh, met some great people. And um, you know what? I'll do the movie part now. I'll do the movie part now because I did not see a movie. I'm hearing great things about Mad Max, and I'm going to go out and check out Mad Max. Okay, uh, but uh, Johnny Hickey showed up. Shout out to Johnny Hickey who directed, wrote, you know, and starred in uh, the movie Oxymorons. He made a movie Oxymorons. And um, the trailer is so sick. And uh, I am finally, after this long run, I'm going to be able to sit and watch the whole thing. I saw a little bit. I was so into it. And the fucking trailer for this movie is so sick. This is like real, like real feel Boston, you know. Um, and uh, Johnny is from uh, born and raised in a child. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Charleston. Yeah, so he's, he's in like where it is, like, you know that movie, The Fucking Town, this guy's the real deal of the town, like, this guy is the fucking town, where they were robbing shit, like, that's this guy's fucking life, and he made this movie, and, um, it is, you know, it's getting insane reviews, and, uh, he came out to a show, I had the pleasure of meeting him, uh, and his friend Jesse, and it was, uh, really, really cool, man, I had a great time, we went out, got some drinks, and uh, this dude's going to do big things. He really is. He's uh, a hustler. And uh, he, he made a great movie. And he's going to be making more. So check out Oxymorons. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just about the whole Oxycontin and drug thing and prescriptions and all that stuff. So uh, check it out and shout out to, uh, to Johnny. You had a great time chilling with your brother. Okay. Moving on. Now we have to, uh, we have to do some unacceptables. Okay, now I could do a couple of them because I'm here in Cleveland, and the I could tell you one thing: as much as I come out to Cleveland, and as much as it is like a comedy home to me, uh, a comedy home away from home, I should say, the the homeless situation did not get better out here. I mean, it is fucking 
I mean, there was a homeless guy in the lobby of the fucking Hyatt yesterday. That's how bad it is. There was a fucking homeless guy in the lobby of the Hyatt Hotel. Just like, I mean, you know how nice of a hotel, and the guy's just sitting there, like, yeah, you got changed. Like, I'm sure they kicked him out a second later, but I was like, holy shit. Then I'm walking around the mall. I can't tell who's homeless or not because, you know, you're just judged by dirty sneakers and, and jeans. You know, you see stained up jeans. You're like, this guy could have been in the street for fucking two weeks. Um, but yeah, so there was definitely some unacceptables, but, um, the one unacceptable that I got, and then I will get to your guys' unacceptables, and, you know, I know I'm backlogged on them, but I think that the way, now, the area I was in Boston by Wilbur Street, I mean by Wilbur Street, oh my god, that was my grandmother's street in Yonkers, uh, by the Wilbur Theater, I'm sorry, that it's not the greatest area, there's a lot of nightclubs there, there's like, you know, from what I was told, there's been shootings and there's definitely some stuff out there that's not really, uh, I guess, family friendly, <laughs> you could say. But the absolute drunken women, the dr- and I got to tell you, the Boston woman vo- accent is not great sober. Drunk, it's an absolute fucking just travesty. This girl comes out and she's dressed to the nines with heels and she's just like, fuck you, motherfucker, throwing my 700, who the fuck do you think you are? And she just bent down and lifted her skirt up and just like mooned, like showed her ass and like shook her ass. She like twerked to say fuck, like she twerked fuck you. And she's like, fuck you, nah, this is bullshit. She's like crying. All these chicks were crying. Burr had one of the funniest lines ever the other night. We're, we're going into, um, we went into, uh, we went out with uh, Johnny Hickey from, uh, from <laughs> he came from, from Boston. He came in, you know, he was um, talking about the movies. Just, it was great. We had a great time and we went into this club. And I we're, we're walking home and Burr goes, Burr goes, well, look at that. And I go, dude, what is with the women? All these women out here are fucking crying and just so unacceptable how these women were just like crying. They're dressed nice. They're just a mess. And Burr just goes, it was so funny. Burr goes, yeah, because they're out here looking for love, the fucking dopes. You know, because we say dope. We're like, ah, that guy's a fucking dope. Look at his face. That guy, you know, so do- and just the way he said, they're looking for love, love, the fucking dopes. We were laughing. I was laughing my ass off. But unacceptable for the week for me is these pretty women who who shouldn't should be fucking either with somebody or home that are just walking around the streets of Boston at night in fucking mini skirts crying cursing acting like fucking truck drivers in high heels it's ridiculous it's unacceptable and I got to tell you if my daughter you know, or any of, if my daughter or anybody that I fucking know in my life and my family that's a female, sister, anybody ever fucking acted like that, I would, it would be, I would be devastated and I would in some way, shape or form feel at fault for it. That's how ridiculous. These girls are crying. They're getting, one girl got, dude, one girl got taken out of this club cure. She got taken out. She was out cold, unconscious. Just out cold, unconscious, 
and her fucking dress was above her waist and her bare ass was out for all to see and the bouncer had to literally pick her up under her arms like you would pick up a baby and shake her to consciousness he just shook her and finally she popped up and she goes I'm up I'm up it was the fucking if my if that was ever my daughter I completely failed as a father and it well actually if that was ever my daughter then I probably would have never been in her life because that's what would have made her do that that's how unacceptable so it's the unacceptable just shit show drunken, crazy scene at night, which are these fucking Boston women. Now, listen, I've been out in New York City. I've seen a lot of stuff, but like every, like it seemed like every night that it was a busy night down there, there was some commotion, some fight, crying. Fuck you, motherfucker. You don't know. Throw you. Who threw my fucking $700? Who the fuck? Look at this ass. And it was just like, what? It's like, I don't know how it goes from like a fight to like showing your ass. You know, a guy would never do that. Guy would never be, first of all, guy would never be crying out of a club. But if he was, he wouldn't be like, yeah, man, fuck you, man. Fuck him. Look at his dick. Look at his fucking dick. You know, (laughs) I just, I didn't get it. So it was completely unacceptable. And uh, it was the definition of a shit show. It was awful. It was awful, and I hope to God some Boston women who are crying that night are listening to this podcast so they can look themselves in a the mirror and get their shit together. There just got there's a comes a time in your life where you got to look at the, your mirror and go, "What the fuck am I doing? What am I doing?" I, I'm doing this thing now where like I can't wear like certain T-shirts that kids wear. Like I'm gonna donate all the T-shirts that I have. Like I have some T-shirts that are just I can't wear anymore. You know, I'm in my 30s. I just can't wear certain things that were cool. Maybe in your, like, late 20s. But once you get to a certain age, you got to dress like a fucking man. Like, even the sneakers I buy now. I can't buy sneakers that kids wear. Giannis Papas made a good point about that. He goes, yeah, if kids, high school kids are wearing the sneakers you're wearing. Like, I have these Jordans, and I saw... I have these Jordans, and I saw a fucking homeless guy in them. Or, like, a guy on the street. And they're actually nice sneakers. Maybe he saved up for them. But I saw that. I was like, I can't fucking wear these things all the time now. And they're nice. They're black Jordan flights. They're really nice. They're over $100. They're nice. But I saw a fucking homeless guy. I'm like, I can't, you know? Like, if you're in your 40s, we talked about it before on the show. If you're in your 40s and you're online at, like, the Avengers and you're in a Hulk t-shirt, you're 42 years old with a couple of kids, like, that's, unless your kid bought you the t-shirt, begged you to wear it and take him to the movie in it, you, what are you doing with your life? I mean, if you're crying outside of a nightclub and then showing your ass, who the fuck raised you? What are you doing? That's got community college written all over it. So that's my unacceptable. That's my unacceptable for the week. Now, let's get into your guys' unacceptables. Um, And see, I'm not going to make them too long. Don't worry. I'm all caught up now. I'm all caught up now. And, uh... Yes, and you could go, starting next week, you could go to unacceptable uh, unacceptables at gmail.com. Oh, fuck, I got to see if there's a dot in there. But I got the, I got the, I'll post it up after. I'll post it on Facebook. Um, so you guys could write to it or whatever. But let's get into some of your guys' uh, unacceptables. And by the way, uh, I did meet a lot of people at Bo- in Boston that, um, listen to my podcast all the time and um, said that they were, you know, fans of the podcast and uh, it was so cool to, 
you know, have fans out there. I, you know, it was Bill's show, and I was there for Bill to open for Bill, but there were some Verzi Effect people there that seemed really, like, loyal fans, and I really appreciate it. So uh, if you were one of those people, uh, I thank you, thank you very much for for doing that uh, and, and, you know, listening to my shit and my rambling and all that. I'm glad that you enjoyed it, and if it was the first time you see me do stand-up or whatever, I, I had a blast, so... Um, I, I mean, if any comedian gets an opportunity to perform at the Wilbur Theater, uh, jump on that because it's a, it's an awesome, awesome room and venue. Okay. This one is from Mark Denton and Mark Denton says, hopefully this unacceptable makes it to the podcast. Monday night, I came out to the late show at the Wilbur in Boston. I used a local parking garage with a valet service. So after meeting Bill Burr and getting his autograph, we decide to go back to the truck uh, and go home. On the way, I decided I'm going to smoke a bowl. Why not? Why not, Mark? You should do that. Um, I remember Monday night. Monday night was fun as hell, too. Um, All right, so you go to your truck. You're driving home. You decide to smoke a bowl. When I reach in my middle console, the weed is gone. The valet attendant stole it. Realizing it's a perfect crime, who am I going to call to complain to? Fucking unacceptable. Put them in a cage, you weed-stealing fuck. Mark from Franklin, Mass. Well, Mark, uh, yeah, that is... I've been fortunate enough... And by the way, great, unacceptable. Thank you for the submission, and that is unacceptable. And that's that's brutal. Um, I've been fortunate enough to where all the times I valet parked, I have not had anything stolen However, um, I've never, I don't think I've ever had weed and I don't know, like, was the, was the weed in a, um, you know, was there a lot of weed? Was it like in a big bag? Was it like, was it like smelling so good that it was just coming through? Not that it makes it right. I'm just kind of trying to, I'm just trying to think of this shit. I'm just trying to think of it. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. That's fucked up, man. That is unacceptable, and uh, I'm sorry that you could not smoke a bowl after seeing that show on Monday. Thank you for the submission, Mark. Um, okay. This is from Danny Clow. Clow? K-L-A-U. And Danny says, Hey, Paul, my unacceptable for the week. Got fired first thing on Monday. Well, I'm, so, I'm sorry to hear that, Danny. <laughs> That's, and I don't mean to laugh. It's just, I just love how you're like, my unacceptable for the week. And then the first thing you say is, got fired first thing on Monday. Um, they couldn't have done it on Friday? Question mark. <laughs> I would have had a much better weekend. Thanks for the laughs, Paul Danny. Dude, I don't know why. That is so funny to me, the way you worded this whole thing. Got fired first thing on Monday. They couldn't have done it Friday? I would have had a much better weekend. <laughs> Ah, dude. Well, you know what? Fuck them. If they're the type of business that won't even fire their people properly, Danny, then you know you don't you don't belong there. You deserve a better firing, Danny. Okay? As far as I'm concerned, if a company is not going to fire you on Friday, it's not a company worth working for. Uh, <laughs> that's fucking so funny. You know what it probably was? It was probably somebody who was supposed to fire you Monday, but then they didn't. And then the person was like, well, fuck it. Now you're doing it first thing Monday. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see here. Um, this is uh, this is from 
This is from uh, Trash. Okay, this is from Remo uh, Klinger. The Unacceptables Outpost, Austria. Hey, Paul, I heard about your podcast through Bill Burr. I gave it a shot and I am hooked ever since. Uh, in the last couple of months, I've listened to almost all of your old podcasts. I'm up to date. Uh, with your 200 episodes, congratulations, by the way. Keep up the good work. It's hard to drive a car without having you talking all the time. Well, thank you very much. Enough of this. Okay, here we go. Um, let me see something. I will be... Oh, yeah, I think we talked about this one. This one was... Because I haven't done a podcast. You know, I'm going to read it again if I read it because uh, it's been a while and this is on the... This is less than two weeks ago, so I'm going to read it again. It says, enough of the sweet talking. Uh, yes, I remember this. You live in the mountains, rural area, western part of Austria. And, I, yeah, I thank you for it. You say for uh, for a while now, you notice a lot of trash on the road. Um, McDonald's, bags, wrappers, cups is fucking unacceptable. We need, uh, If you need to fatten yourself with that crap, at least throw out the trash. Yes, I remember that. I remember that, Remo. Thank you. And um, when you are in the uh, city, July uh, 12th through 17th, um, please uh, come to the stand or just look at the uh, schedule and wherever I'm at. But uh, yes, I do remember you there. So And thank you very much. Uh, thank you for that. Okay, here we go. Um, this is for, this is from John Q. John Q, okay. Uh, thanks for reading my Unacceptable 199. In episode 200, you were reading some out. Uh, of them, and you said, oh, I read that one yesterday. I have a feeling it was my other two unacceptables, <laughs> but you only saw the first one. Could you please read number two, as it has to do with kids and safety? Thanks. All right, let me see if I got number two here for you. Okay. You want me to read number two? You know what, John? You are a fan. I skipped one over. You called me out on it, and now you want me to read it. Well, let's go. Let's see what number two is. Okay. Come on, you fucking... All right. Okay, here we go. Here's number two. John Q. I work as a truck driver. It is sometimes that... Uh, it is something that I love doing and something that I am very good at. I want to tell you about something that happens to me at least once a week. I normally drive in the far right lane. I set my cruise control to 59 miles per hour. This leaves me plenty of room in front of me as most cars are doing one mile per hour faster than me. Every week, this situation happens to me. A van comes from on the ramp. Uh, I can judge that I will be ahead of the van. Then this moron guns it to pass me. They eventually do with very little, um, they, with very little concrete to spare. Because they are going so fast, they end up very quickly behind the car in front of me and have to slam on their brakes. Uh, inevitably, this van is full of kids in the back. Wow. If I have a full load, I need uh, four times the stopping distance. This is completely unacceptable. Hashtag uh, <laughs> road minestrone dumb cunts. Be safe with your kids. Um, yeah, that's like fucking criminal. Like, not only is that unacceptable, that's criminal. 
for these people to be speeding off a ramp like that and then slamming on their brakes and they got kids in the back. That's, uh, that is completely unacceptable. Thank you for the, um, and thank you for letting me know. I'm glad you called it out. I'm glad you called it out and, um, you know, I didn't get to see that number two last time. So we got to read that one. So, so thank you for that. Um, let's see what else we got before we go to Twitter here. I hear some of you guys just going like, yeah, well, if you didn't fucking miss a week, I don't give a fuck. You're going to miss your fucking, you don't have a microphone, dick. Okay, let's see what this is. Um, you know what's funny is when I missed one, I like some of you guys that are so loyal get on people who get on me. Like someone was like, what the fuck, where's the show? And then other guys like, fuck it, dude, he's busy, he's got a family. <laughs> uh, you guys. Where is this fucking thing? I'm sorry, hold on. I gotta find... This guy wrote one here. Alright, where the fuck is it now? I'm sorry, guys. The computer's being slow. I am, uh, and you know what, I'm being a little slow too because I have not drank, I'm trying to not drink, I'm not going to lie. The last two nights in Boston, we were polishing off bottles of whiskey and we were doing shots after the show. And the last night, while spinning, I'm literally spinning on my hotel bed because it wasn't even that I drank that much, it was because I didn't have anything in my stomach and I was so tired, so, and I, so I had whiskey and I'm just literally, I was texting Burr. I go, Bill, I'm done. I'm not drinking anymore. I'm just not, I'm not, you know. And he just, he was funny. He's like, eat something. <laughs> All right, let's see. This one is from, oh, okay. This is from um, Jose Marie Zafra. Unacceptable. I'm sitting here before going to work, and I hear on the news that the New England Patriots have a GoFund, oh yeah, GoFundMe page to help pay for um, to help pay for what they are getting penalized for Deflategate. Those assholes have so much money. How dare they ask common folks for money? Put the entire league in cages because I'm tired of hearing about Deflategate. Just to let you know, I am not too into football, so I admittedly do not know much. But as a casual viewer, I keep hearing about this. What do you think, brother? Well, thank you for the uh, unacceptable submission. And um, I I think it's ridiculous, the, the Deflategate thing. You know, they said that, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, A-A-Ron Rodgers. <laughs> it's a key and peel thing. Sorry, it's stupid. Um, I think, yeah, they said Aaron Rodgers inflated the ball to make it harder. You know, so he could throw it better. They say the Minnesota Vikings heated up the ball. Uh, they were talking about colleges saying that teams have been doing this forever. I don't think that, you know, I think Tom Brady has a target on his back. I think that, uh, yeah, he might have cheated. Okay, he might have done something to get an edge, but I don't think it changes anything. I don't think it's the reason why they won so many times. Now, I will say this. They do fumble less than any team in football, and that may have something to do with it. Um so, yes, that is, but, you know, what Tom Brady did in the Super Bowl, I, put it this way, let me say this, I think every team in the NFL, every team does something for an edge, and I think they know that everybody does something for an edge, so every team does little subtle things, it's like the way baseball players would scuff a ball, 
you know. Um, but what Tom Brady did in the fourth quarter with the ball that was measured fine, same air as everybody else, and he has the best statistical fourth quarter in football uh, in a Super Bowl. I think he went like 11 for 12. He had a game-winning drive. Tom Brady's one of the greats of all time, if not the greatest of all time, and I don't think his team, you know, if they deflate the ball to cheat and they've got an edge and they got caught, it sucks. It definitely does. But do I think that... You know, listen, he's going to take a two-game suspension because it'll go down from four to two, pay a fine. He's going to appeal it. But I got to tell you, he's appealing it, and he's fighting it, and it, he thinks that he didn't do anything wrong. So uh, I don't think it has anything to do with it. I really don't. I don't think it has anything to do with the Patriots being cheaters and they should be knocked for everything they've done. Tom Brady, not a good quarterback. I disagree with that. I think that this is a team that has been successful for a long time. I think it's a team that has a target on its back. And I think... Um, but to the Giants, a target on its face. Oh, shit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I just think that it's a... I just think that the Patriots got caught doing shit and people love catching them do shit and they make a bigger deal because they're successful. Because if this came out about the Jacksonville Jaguars, it would be gone in 10 fucking seconds. The guy, yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they're all their players suck and nobody's doing anything, so who cares? And it would go away. The fact that this team wins, you know, but do I... I mean, the Vikings cheated... Aaron Rodgers cheated. You know, nobody talks about how Jerry Rice admitted that he, after the 1981, 80, whatever, five or whatever year it was where they've said that that sticky stuff that he had on his hands to catch the ball after they said don't do it anymore, he admitted after his career that he still did it. And nobody says he's not the greatest wide receiver of all time. So that that's where I stand with that. Sorry if that was long-winded. Thank you for the unacceptable um, submission. And let's go over to Twitter. And see what you guys are saying on Twitter. All right. The NFL is just... but Oh, by the way, the extra point thing. The extra point thing. I called it. I didn't like it. I don't like the extra point. All right, here we go. Let's get into some unacceptables here. I'm going to scroll through. We'll do... We'll do some here, but I don't want to take so much time scrolling because I did so many shows and there's so many messages in between. And then we will get into uh, we'll talk a little sports. We'll uh, we'll talk we'll talk some shit. So here we go. Um, this one is from Ronnie at Ronnie and then capital P M F uh, was riding in a black cab and the driver put his left foot up on the dash with no shoes or socks on. Hashtag <laughs> unacceptable. That's a great one. You know what's so funny about that is yesterday. I did a radio interview. I did a, a an interview, uh, a call-in interview, uh, to promote my shows at uh, Comics at Foxwoods this weekend, where I'm co-headlining with. Um, I'm gonna be working with uh, Joe Bartnick and uh, hosted by Vladimir Kamano. It's gonna be a great show over at Comics at, at Foxwoods Casino. Um, but, uh, and we we're talking and he was like, yeah, now I understand you got a podcast. Tell me about this stuff. We start talking about unacceptables. And he's like, so what are the worst unacceptables you got? I was like, well, I don't know. You know, there's definitely been some bad ones. I go, but bare feet make the show all the time. I don't know what it is. I told him, I go, I get pictures of people with bare feet, like in restaurants. And he was like, really? And he was really laughing about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, if I was in a cab and the driver threw his bare foot up on the dashboard, I would fucking say, dude, you gotta be kidding me unacceptable. This one is from uh, Anthony Tallarito. It's at Tallarito31. The spelling is T-A-L-L-A-R-I-D-O 31. 
sends me a picture of a what looks to be a Volkswagen Jetta or something like that. And it says, uh, this from a, sh- a shop right in New Jersey. Hashtag cage him up. Hashtag unacceptable. The guy's taking two spots and one of them is a handicap spot. And uh, I know what it's like. By the way, though, how many fucking handicap spots do they need at, like, Target and those places? I just out of spite, you want to be like, not that many people are fucked up in this area. Uh, thank you for the unacceptable. Uh, I appreciate it. It really is, though, like, um, amazing to me how you don't have a great car. I mean, even even if you have a great car, it's douchey. You know what I mean? If you have a great car, it's still like, man, don't take up two spaces. But if you have a Volkswagen... You know, it's not like, it's like a Volkswagen Jetta. Like, what are you worried about? You know what I mean? Uh, okay, this is from um, Chris Frost at MN Frosty Boy. This is a guy, this guy's a regular. And he says, uh, he says, um, okay, award night fail. Middle school string quartet music, U2 is so loud. U2, oh, I'm sorry, uh, a companion is so loud. We can't hear the kids' awards being read. Hashtag. Un- oh, okay. So the middle school quartet was so... Gotcha. The, the the middle school quartet was so loud that you couldn't even hear the awards being read. Yeah, that's annoying. Okay. Uh, I didn't get the YouTube thing, but I, I got it. Okay. Um, this one is from PB at Skyranger777. And it says, put this bitch in a cage with this dog. Holy fucking unacceptable. And it's a picture. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was a picture of, uh, yeah, a chick and the dog. And, um, oh, you know what, dude? They actually took it down. They took it down. They won't let me see it anymore. But uh, that's hilarious. Thank you for the submission, uh, PB. This one is from Mike at Mike underscore capital D-O-D. 75-year-old man at gym gargling and rinsing his mouth, spitting in the water fountain like he's at the dentist. Hashtag unacceptable. Ugh, that's gross. Thanks for the unacceptable. Um, Okay, this is from Momo at Morgs M-O... RGS1223. What kind of fucking a hole does this uh, to a tube rack so, uh, so samples fall out? Oh, and it's a picture of like a tube rack and they. Uh, okay, and then they put it. Okay, then they fucked it up. Uh, hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag. Uh, hashtag or at fail Bundy. Uh, okay. <laughs> Oh, you guys are with the pictures. We got the pictures of the tube racks. We got the pictures of the cars. The fucking... I didn't see any bare feet this this time. I only heard about them, so that's good. Here we go. The Flights Podcast. At Flights Podcast. Working in a factory where grown men don't know how not to piss on the toilet seat. Uh, Unacceptable animals. Real men use the urinal. Uh, I agree. I definitely agree, and that is unacceptable. Here's my here's what I do too. I think I talked about this before, but my public pissing. I mean, my my public bathroom use and and even pissing is, you have to wipe down when you go to the bathroom. You got to wipe down the toilet seat with paper. Okay, so 
There's not like you know you can't even have a speck of anybody else's piss or water. I can't. It needs to be completely clean and dry. Then when I'm done pissing, I make sure that there's nothing on the bowl, and if I don't, I just wipe it down nice, and that's it. Now, if God forbid, I have to you know go number two. If I if I'm in that bad shape, if I'm in bad shape and it's coming, okay, I wipe down like I was talking to Lawhead about this when we were down south together and Lawhead stands up over the bowl some people if they have to go publicly they stand up I can't stand up okay if I gotta go like I gotta take a comfortable shit I gotta I gotta I gotta be comfortable you know I'm gonna sit down I'm gonna enjoy it you know unless it's one of those things where like you can't even enjoy it because it's not private at all and you gotta rush through it then you gotta do that like that's like state of emergency you know that's like like the, the alert color is in the red like the terrorist, <laughs> you know, but, uh, no, what I do is you wipe it down with water and you clean it down. You make sure there's nothing on it. Then you take paper, you layer all the sides on it. Okay. And you sit down and you make sure that your skin is not touching anything but toilet paper. Okay. And then that's what you do. Um, yeah, people need to up their, uh, public restroom etiquette. This one is from Stephen Gaines at Stephen Gaines, and that's V-E-N, Gaines 5. I was at an Orlando uh, Orlando City, um, I don't know, SC soccer, I don't know what that is, game, and a guy in his 40s had a Jersey Shore-style blowout. Unacceptable midlife crisis. Know your age. Oh, that's perfect. Perfect. Thank you, Stephen. Great submission. Blowout. Uh, <laughs> fucking blowout so ridiculous that's what i mean you got it like that's that's where i'm at and it's funny because today it's actually perfect timing to talk about this because today i was in um i was in Foot Locker today and i'm walking around and i saw a really nice shirt but after looking at it i was like i don't know man i just i can't do it I can't do it. Like, that's something a kid wears. That's a shirt that if I was in high school or, like, maybe college or just, like, but, like, I'm, a, I'm in my fucking 30s and I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm, I have children. You just can't wear it. You have to, it comes to, yeah, you got to get rid of the hair blowouts. You got to get rid of the fucking kid t-shirts and you got to dress nice like a man and uh, not, you know, somebody that's going to see the Avengers. Oh, my God. By the way, I got a shout out to, uh, <laughs> is it yeah, the One Man Thrill Ride. If you guys haven't seen it, okay, if you guys haven't seen uh, Jimmy Preston, okay, he's, he's from, he does these amazing, amazing YouTube clips where he does like these like wrestling promos from his car. And he's, uh, you know, he's on his way up, dude. Really fucking funny, talented guy. This guy's videos are so fucking funny. The shit he talks is so great. He's so good at what he does. Just go check out One Man Thrill Ride. Just go to YouTube and type in One Man Thrill Ride and watch this guy's clips. That's all I have to say. They are so freaking awesome. He came out to the shows too. All right, this is from Justin Pittman. Justin T. Pittman, unacceptable. The guy that sits next to you at a comedy show and repeats every punchline out loud while he's laughing. Oh, do I know people like that? I know. People like that. I get it. 
Think about when you're on stage and you hear it. Oh my God, he said that. Uh, <laughs> this next one is from Dan Kelly at Dan Kelly 617 at Paul Verzi. Single ply toilet paper. Unacceptable. Yes, it is, Danny. Yes, it is. See, that's a man who likes comfort. I'm with you. I'm with you. I like all toilet paper. I just don't like the toilet paper that, like, the dust comes off. You know, where you wipe your ass and it disintegrates like it's fucking cotton candy. That's awful. That is awful. All right, let's, what do you say? Should we do, we'll do, we'll try to do, like, a few more and then be done. This is from Josh Meadows. Let me just make sure I didn't miss anything. The fuck, mine was before Josh's. All right, Josh Meadows. Hit a damn deer, ooh, and didn't need a bat. Deductibles are unacceptable. Wow. And he sent me the picture of the car and the deer. Dude, the deer's legs are wide open. Looks like she's sunbathing. Rest her soul. That is terrible. And you got hit in the side. Um, Yeah, your... Hold on, let me see. Yeah, your car got... Yeah, your car pretty much got a little more damage than mine on the side. Mine just ripped the whole front end up and, and the bumper. I got new bumpers, but... Um, yeah, man, that's, that's tough. That's tough, man. Well, glad you're okay. Glad you are able to write, write an unacceptable about it. All right, let's see if we have any more. I have to, yep, here's another picture. Um, okay. Here's one, Justin at JJRodman99. Somebody asked for a plastic shopping bag of rice at Panda Express and ate it in 20 minutes. Uh, guess the th- <laughs> guess the thoughts were empty. Uh, hashtag unaccept. Uh, hashtag animals. That's a weird one. Corey Martinez at uh, Crasher three three nine. Bike chained to a handicap sign. Look past the tree. You'll see an empty bike rack. Yeah. So this guy sent a picture. This guy chained it to a sign. And where right across the street is like a is just a bike rack with like no bikes on it. The guy could have easily went there. All right, I really fucking want to give you guys more, but I know we're running out of time here. Let's see. Um, do we have any more? I'll try to find one more, guys, and then you know what? Just we'll go to the you know, we'll get them all next week. I am done traveling for a while. I have a lot of stuff. Um, you know, to be, I'm gonna be home, and we'll we'll uh, be back on schedule here. This next one is from Patrick Dwyer at um, Eld. What is it here? Eldwer E L D W Y E R thirty four. This Bulls performance at home in an elimination game is completely unacceptable. Yeah, you know what? We could end it that way because. Um, yeah, we could end it that way. That's actually a good way to end it because that'll transition right into sports. Thank you for the unacceptables, guys. Uh, I will get into more. I will get into more of them next week, and we'll be more caught up. Like I said, we're almost an hour in, so I do want to talk about some stuff with the playoffs, and um, you know, we could do that playoffs. We could do that. Um, with that transition is perfect. So, no, we were talking yesterday. First of all, if you don't like the NBA. You are missing out on these playoffs because these playoffs have been insane. Last second shots, um, just big performances by big players like Steph Curry and 
you know, uh, James Harden last night. Uh, there were some big last-minute shots from um, Derek Rose and, and you know uh, Paul Pierce. There's just been amazing. It's been an amazing playoffs, and I think that the NBA is definitely coming back with stars. But I gotta say, as bad as you know, I thought that the, I you know I predicted you know you want to say a dude I called it I called the that the Bulls were gonna lose in six, I did. You could ask Jason Lawhead. You could listen. I liked the I liked the Cavs. I liked the Cavs and the Spurs in the finals. I'm sticking with the Cavs. I think the Cavs are gonna beat Atlanta if Kyrie Irving stays healthy. But it's the, the playoffs have been amazing. Uh, <clears throat> but I have to say, the collapse of the L.A. Clippers was one for the ages. That wasn't just a collapse. Like that was to be up 19 points. I know all the women that love the Verzi effect just tuned out. They were like, "Okay, he's 56 minutes in and he's starting to talk about sports. I'm done." I think being up 19 points in a closeout game in your building and fucking that up is as devastating a loss and then a series loss as you could imagine. I mean, think about that. You're about to go to the Western Conference Finals, which you haven't been to in, what, 50-something years. Blake Griffin, who I've given a shit, shit of criticism to, I, I, I flipped and said, you know what, this guy is having a monster playoff run. This guy has finally turned into a, from a good player to a great big-time performer in the playoffs, and they're going to win this fucking series and finally go to the Western Conference Finals. James Harden is out of the game. Okay, and the fucking second unit on the Rockets, or or the just the whole Rockets team, forget second unit, the whole team starts hitting shots. Then we were out. We were out. Uh, me, uh, Bill, Bill's agent and manager came out to the show. Um, the owner of the venue came out. Uh, it was awesome. Bill's father-in-law came out. We just had a bunch of guys, and we went down to the cigar bar, and we leave the theater, and they're losing by 19, and we're like, this is over. Then we get to the cigar bar, and they're losing by 13, the Rockets. So we're like, ah, it's still a game. You never know. Then all of a sudden, we look, and it's fucking erased to nothing, all with James Harden off the court, all in L.A. when the Clippers had to fucking win the game, and it was going to be over, and they go on to the Western Conference Finals. Blake Griffin kept deferring the ball somewhere else, didn't want it. Chris Paul kept missing shots. Everybody kept missing shots. I mean, the only guy stepping up in the last moments of life of the Clippers was fucking J.J. Redick. And the only reason is because that's who everybody was fucking passing to because they didn't want it. That's what happened in the game. Watch the game. J.J. Redick was the guy at the end of the, uh, you know, in game seven that they just kept doing everything. At the, in, at the end of game six, he was still trying to take big shots. Everybody was just passing the ball off because nobody wanted a part of it. It was very weird to see. It was a collapse of epic proportions. Shame on the fucking Clippers. In front of their fans in a closeout game, you're up 19, almost going into the fourth quarter. It's a joke. Got to win that game. That's as brutal a loss. And then you knew the Rocket fans were going to be going nuts going to game seven. So um, even though the Rockets lost game one last night to Golden State, they played well. Uh, It's going to be tough to beat Golden State. But, you know, I think, uh, I don't know, man. I, I... I'm rooting for the Cavs. I'm rooting for LeBron and the Cavs. I really am. I hope that they could pull it off. But the NBA playoffs have been really, really awesome. And uh, I hope that uh, it continues to be like this. And I hope that we get a great Western and Eastern Conference Finals and then a great Finals. Um, Other than that, 
I haven't really been paying too much attention. I do love that A-Rod's doing good. I do. I love that A-Rod's playing good baseball. CC Sabathia got fat again, and he's playing better. Just let the guy be fat. He's been fat his whole career, and he's been good. Just let him stay fat. Every time the guy loses weight, he stinks. Just let him get the fat behind the pitch and uh, be the pitcher that he was destined to be. So that's pretty much it uh, on sports. I don't really care about Deflategate. The Knicks get the fourth pick, which is so ridiculous. What is it going to take? The fucking Knicks can't catch a break. They won 16 fucking games. They're supposed to get a one or two pick in the lottery, and they end up falling to the fucking fourth pick. What the f- It's crazy. Why? Why? I don't get it. It, I it, I just can, can there ever be a time where I watch my team go far in the fucking playoffs or get to why? Yesterday I go I go into sit down and watch the Golden State game and some guy goes I say yeah what happened with the Knicks oh the Knicks got the fourth pick I go they didn't even get the second pick now they want to get some guy from China as soon as I saw China oh my god as soon as I saw China next to it like that's what their prospect is. Fucking, who are we going to get from China? We're going to lose Okafer to the first or second pick. You know, I mean, I guess that was it, that Paulie Stein or Paulie's whatever that guy. I mean, that guy, I saw that guy at the Kentucky Derby. That guy is fucking skinny as shit. That guy needs to gain a lot of weight to play. Like, I would have to see that guy beef up. But I don't even think we're going to get him. We're probably going to get some fucking, oh, man. It's it's what's the Knicks? They just can't catch a break. My buddy Sean Quinn just texted me. Even the even God can't stand the Knicks. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. The only thing that we could pray for, the only thing that we could pray for as Knicks fans, is that Kevin Durant comes to New York. Oh man. Sorry, that just came out. I didn't intend for that. Um, I guess tonight. I guess I should say this. Uh, it's only fitting because it's been a uh, comedy program for a long time, but the David Letterman show, the the late show with David Letterman, uh, I never got to perform on Letterman. I auditioned for it. They liked my set. We went back and forth on it, and then a new booker came in, and time went by, and, you know, uh, but I do have some friends who have done the show, and uh, it's was been there for, what, 30-something years. I saw Bill Murray getting emotional on it last night. Um... You know, I'm not going to sit here and uh, be honest with you guys. I'm, I'm really not going to sit here and say that I watched it all the time. And I'm not even going to sit here and say that I like the show that much. Uh, if I have to sit here and be completely honest, which I love to do on the show, I think David Letterman was really cold to comedians. I think he was nice to break comedians through and put comedians on. And he really liked to give comedians their debut stuff there. But, you know, I just think not talking to them, not really shaking their, like just shaking their hand and then walking away real quick and never meeting them beforehand. I I always thought that that was cold, if I'm going to be completely honest. I think David Letterman was great what he did. I think he was was great for, for, you know, I think he was a good late night host, you know, before he started phoning it in. And then, but I I think that he... um, you know, I, I wish he would have been warmer to comedians. But people that I know know him say he was great to them and a very loyal guy. And uh, he had a great show for, uh, you know, for many years. So rest in peace, late show with David Letterman and hopefully Stephen Colbert could come in and uh, do a good job. But I thought that I should, you know, at least say that um, about about the show. So uh, that's it. Plugs, guys. 
please, if you are in the New England or New England area, New York area, if you just are a degenerate gambler and you're looking for an excuse to gamble, I will be performing at Comics at Foxwoods this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. 8 o'clock show Thursday, 8 o'clock show Friday, 8 o'clock and 10.30 Saturday. Four shows, that's 8, 8, Thursday, Friday, and then 8 and 10.30 Saturday with Joe Bartnick, who will be co-headlining with me, and also Vladimir Kamano, funny up-and-coming comedian uh, from New York. He's coming out. He'll be hosting the shows. It's going to be a great time. We're going to be in full force there this weekend, and we are going to be having a blast. So come out to Comics at Foxwoods, and um, and then I just have some local dates in the city. I'm finally going to be home with my family. I'm not going to lie, guys. It's been a long time, man. I was away down south for um, you know, 14, 15 days. Then I came home, and then I did a 16-show run, and I was running back and forth, but I've only got to see my, my children and my wife maybe two, two and a half days in the last like 20 days. So um, I am looking forward to taking some time and being with them. But all of you people who have come to a show and seen me, whether it was for the first time or not, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the show. The show will be back to its regularly scheduled programs. And uh, please send your unacceptables in. Uh, And the uh, album... Paul Verzi at the stand. The album will be coming out late June, early July. We're putting it together now. We got the audio. It sounds good. The album is being made. And uh, I look forward to having that available for you guys. So thank you for everything. I hope you enjoyed the show. This was episode 209. And uh, that's it. Until next week, I am out of here. Be safe.